Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Welcome to the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. And it is my pleasure to interview the people who are on the cutting edge frontier of making the world a better place, whether it's through their knowledge, their writing, we interview musicians, anything that creatively taps into that higher vibration that is accessible to all if, if people are willing and um, just willing, willingness. So this week... Uh, I'm going to bring my guest on in just a moment, but before I do that, I just want to make one quick announcement front end. If you would like to be added to the Sacrosanct email list of Spirit Seeker to find out about the weekly email show, or I'm sorry, weekly radio show, uh, as well as we have an email newsletter that we will let you know of other mind, body, spirit events throughout the U.S. We will let you also know when the new magazine is online, which the July issue is posted now at www.spiritseeker.com. So to be added to the email list, please just send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com and we will add you to the email list. We've been published for 18 years in the Midwest and 16 of those years online. So uh, without further ado, all announcements are finished. So tonight my guest is Don Miguel Ruiz, who uh, many know as the international best-selling author of a series of books including The Four Agreements. The four agreements were on the New York Times bestseller list for over seven years, and it's the 36th best-selling book of the decade. Uh, Don Miguel has dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Toltec teachings through his books, lectures, and journeys to sacred sites around the world. He is the uh, author of The Mastery of Love, The Voice of Knowledge, Prayers, The Circle of Fire, Beyond Fear, and The Fifth Agreement, uh, which is uh, a collaboration that he created with his son, Don Jose Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz was born into a humble family with ancient traditions in rural Mexico, being the youngest of 13 children. He considers himself very lucky, as this is where he learned from an early age that everything is possible if we really want it. Don Miguel is highly respected throughout the world. He has received numerous recognitions, including a U.S. Air Force Challenge coin engraved with the four agreements, and he is referenced as a national heirloom of Mexico. Considered one of the leading spiritual teachers of our generation, he is highly sought after for his practical application of ancient wisdom passed down from his family's Toltec lineage. I could go on and on, but Don Miguel, thank you so much and welcome. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm oh, very, oh, very happy to be with you. Oh, you are so busy, and your family <laughs> is busy. <laughs> so I'm just so grateful that um, that you are joining us this evening. And um, I've had the pleasure of interviewing you before, and both of your sons, and experiencing you in St. Louis uh, uh, when um, Stacy uh, Stacy brought you to St. Louis a few years ago. It was a long time ago, but, you know, it's always in my heart. 
Right. Yes, right. I, I'm very, very busy. Thank God, you know, I have the, the opportunity to go around the world and sharing this message of love and joy with wherever I go. Yes. You know, you, you are so known for the, the agreements, uh, the four agreements for life, but if you would be so kind, well, can we hear this from your voice? Would you mind sharing, sharing with us those four agreements um, so that if we have new, well, which one, of course, we always have new people finding their way to your knowledge, but what are the basic four agreements of life? Well, uh, the, the four agreements uh, is, uh, is nothing but pure common sense. Is a way of life. Is what I call the way of life of the of the artist of the Toltec. Because the word Toltec means artist. Then the way we see life is through the eyes of an artist. We pursue beauty where we go. We can see a completely different universe. You know, we can see humanity in a completely different way. We see the beauty, we see the art, and we really can enjoy every single moment of our lives. Then all those agreements for life is really uh, to live our lives in this way, to see that we can make new agreements in every event and every belief that we have in life and replace it from, for all those agreements who create all those disturbances, to create all, uh, all those uh, negative things that happen in life, we can replace it. We can see how the story of our life will change. And the key will not be to change everybody and to control everybody that we know. The key is to try to change the main character of our story, which means to change ourselves. Because if we can change ourselves, just like magic, everyone around us change, and we can see the world with a completely different eyes. We can find the beauty in everything that is created, because only perfection exists. And if we can see everything with that perfection, we really can enjoy every single moment of our life. And this is exactly the point that we can change the story of our life to let go everything that creates conflict in our lives and replace it for everything that brings us joy, that brings us love, that we can really relearn how to love instead of what we learn when we grow up. Well, and Don Miguel, you were the youngest of 13, and your parents and your grandfather, um, you know, had this thought, shall we say, that you would be the one to carry on the, the Toltec traditions, but instead you went a completely different route into healing in a different way initially. Yes, I, I decided to be a medical doctor. I went into medical school. I became a surgeon. And, you know, uh, in my own way, I was uh, helping whoever needed my help. But at a certain point of, of my life as a medical doctor, what I see is, is that uh, what really needs more attention is the human mind, is what we believe. Then I, I stopped being a medical doctor, but I focused my attention 
in how the mind works. Then I shift uh, on my career, and I went back to my to my mother and my my father, my grandfather, to finish the training that they started with me when I was a teenager. And the result is that I start working with a lot of people, just uh, just to try to understand the way they feel, the way they think, to to understand how the mind really works. It was a work for more than ten years, and finally. It, it was a point of my life that the mind was something completely easy for me to understand. In the result, it was uh, was the book that I wrote, especially at that time, the four agreements, because it's nothing but common sense. And there is a very powerful book that even that is very small, uh, it guides us into what we really are. You know that uh, when we read the book, we feel that our life starts changing right away. We see how easy it is to follow these simple four agreements, but we find difficult to apply it and to start really changing our lives. Anyway, when we read the four agreements again months later, it feels like we are reading a different book, but the book is exactly the same. What is changing is the one who is reading the book that every time that we read a book, we find so many different things. And what is really happening is that we're changing our own life, the story of our own life, and we're getting more and more into the authenticity of what we really are. Then for simple fragments really make a big difference in not, not only in the United States, but in the entire world. It's a book that has been sold more than uh, 7 million books and being translated in 37 different languages, then it's it, it really a great message of transformation. And one of the things that happened that made me uh, um, work into the agreements for life is because uh, many of the people say that it's kind of difficult to apply this for agreements. Then what we did is to to choose key, key, key beliefs that we have and face it one by one in order to make the transformation deeper, more simple, and more effective. Then this, uh, this is a, a, a 30 lessons. Um, that is like a seven minutes uh, per, per lesson. We create a beautiful prayer that we can uh, support our faith. And we give some workshops, some some uh, work to do that to in order to make this uh, new agreement something more uh, powerful in our own lives. So this is the um, listeners. What Don Miguel is talking about is the new program that he has created called the Agreements for Life, um, which is a 30-day program. And it, you know, Don Miguel, I we we published an article about this in the July issue of Spirit Seeker, and. All I could think of is, oh my goodness, you have added, like you just said, you know, you know, the whole thing about prayer and how to, um, how how do we overcome the old agreements uh, or beliefs that no longer serve us? So this is like a whole 30-day program where it comes from from every angle with the four agreements. It's, it, it, am I, is that a good description? Yes, and it's, it's very very effective because we can see how people is changing and I'm so so happy and so pleased to to see 
the reaction of uh, whoever is applying this new agreement for life. Yeah. So the program includes um, a daily worksheet homework and a daily prayer and a ritual. And, you know, Don Miguel, you, you know, with the ancient teachings and, um, and ritual, I mean, I, I love rituals. I've, I was raised um, Catholic and, you know, just I love the Mass in Latin. I love the Rosary. I love, I just, this, 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 I just love those rituals and, you know, and, and I love rituals from every culture. So can you explain to the listeners? Listeners, um, why you feel that ritual is so important in prayer? You know, this is something that every human has. All of us, it doesn't matter in what direction we are, you know, from science and from religion and politics, in all the different directions, we just love rituals. You know, like I, I remember when uh, I finished the, the study medicine, we have a big ceremony of graduation, and it's a, a beautiful ritual when we go receive the, the titles, receive the rings, and we are so, so happy for something that, that we accomplished. You know, every time that we graduate in, in, um, in every year at school, you know, like elementary school, uh, high school, college, we have all those wonderful rituals. And, you know, like uh, um, and when we get married and a matrimony is a beautiful ritual. You know, we do rituals in in everywhere, even uh, as individuals. Every single morning when we wake up, we go there and shave our face, or you girls go to, into makeup. That is a whole ritual, and we do it so many times and so often that we master all those rituals. We put our faith in all those rituals, and that, that's what makes uh, something so powerful, all those rituals that we create. And, you know, the, the, uh, and if we don't have rituals, we create it. We made it happen. And, and it's, it's, a, it's really affected all the faith of each one of us because with those rituals, we recover the faith in ourselves, which is what will make a difference in our lives. Because if we have faith in ourselves, we really trust ourselves. And we take responsibility for every single decision that we make in life. And with that responsibility, we go all around the world uh, sharing ourselves, giving ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most beautiful rituals that I ever did is uh, um, one night that I went outside in the middle of the night, and I see all those beautiful stars, and I see the entire universe. And in that moment, I feel completely alive, but I see, feel the connection with everything that exists. Then, by instinct, I say a pray, a prayer, and with that prayer. What I feel is the union with everything. And I feel that every single star, it was perceiving me the same way that I perceive all the stars. And for that moment, I knew that there's only one being and it's alive. I feel so much gratitude for that awareness that I hardly can wait to go around and start sharing 
this experience with everyone. And I see that that gratitude becomes becomes generosity, and I was so generous. I was giving myself completely wherever I go. We find a passion. You know, passion is uh, when you love what you are doing. And that passion really will guide you to that inspiration. And inspiration is nothing but creation. We create all the time. And this is exactly what the Toltec do, what the artists do, is based in inspiration, is based in passion, and we create all the time that we perceive everything so beautiful that I have no doubt that everything that exists is perfect. Imperfection only exists in the human mind, and it's because we believe in that imperfection. But in fact, everything is perfect, and that includes every human being. For me to say I am not perfect, I consider that as, as an insult to whoever creates me. So should I say it's an insult to God because he creates everything. And with that awareness, I never will say that I am not perfect. And I never will judge anybody of not being perfect because with the eyes of the artist, you only see perfection and this is how you live your life, which is what makes the whole difference when you change the way you feel, the way you believe, the way you are, everything becomes so beautiful and you feel inspiration in every single word that you use. In, in the way that you communicate with everybody, you do it with all the gratitude and with all that generosity because this is the real love. It's not what we learn when we grow up. It's, uh, that's, you know, that's beautiful, the way you explain that. And, you know, Don Miguel, many, many years ago, I read this book called Cosmic Consciousness, and it was about all the great, you know, um, thinkers, you know, Thoreau, Emerson, um, uh, they did, Sir Francis Bacon, all of these different ex- existentialists, etc. But each and every one of them described that, you know, the, their moment in whatever way they experienced it, like you experienced being at one with the stars. They called mm-hmm. it this cosmic consciousness where in that moment they just knew that they were so connected to everything and everyone to them. Like, it's so expansive. And, and I know you know what that means. You know, it is just so beautiful. You know, I remember growing up, and I see the way that people love each other, what they call love. And what I see is that it's nothing but conditional love. And this is how we learn to love, with conditions. This is how we was domesticated by our parents at school, because... With conditions, we have to be in certain way or we don't feel love. If we love somebody, that somebody has to be in certain way or we don't love them. I love you if, if you let me control you. I love you if you do what I want you to do, then I can love you. And this is how we learn to love. And this is how we love other people. We love them if they 
let us control them. But at the same time, we don't want to be controlled by anybody. The problem is that there's 7 billion people who learn to love this way. And the reason why we learn to love this way is because everybody around us loves in the same way. And this is what makes love something that is harmful and something that is hurting and something that claims sacrifice. But the real love is unconditional and is based in gratitude and in generosity because this is what I consider the real love, an equilibrium between gratitude and generosity. That way... We just love without expecting anything in return. It's like when the moment that we have our first child in our hands, the first children. We just love that little boy or girl. We don't feel what they're going to do for us. No, we, give, we love ourselves completely. We love that child without any condition. When they right. grow up, then we start loving with conditions. And this is how we was educated also or domesticated. Well, and, and Don Miguel, you are so brilliant with your scientific mind. You're so brilliant with um, your spiritual mind. And, um, you know, I, I, I met you long, uh, many years ago. I, I, because the magazine's been around 18 years, we've sponsored, you know, worked with Celebrate Your Life. We've worked with Hay House. We've worked with a lot of the, you know, the larger conferences. And I can remember when um, you weren't feeling so well. And, and, you know, I used to be a cardiac nurse, so it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was reading, you know, preparing again, I'd forgotten. I don't know how I forgot this, but I forgot about the health challenges you've been through. And um, and the way I met my first husband, my older children's father, is my mother had colon cancer, and he was the, the colon surgeon. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. and I thought, oh, I forgot that you were a surgeon. So you, you know when you have the medical model, you know, you understand how all of that works together. But you have... You have been through your own um, vision quest or personal health quest with your heart. And, you know, I mean, what was that like, knowing, knowing all that you know and then also knowing that love and compassion and, and total surrendering can heal everything with God's grace? Well, this is a great memory. You know, it was a... Okay. I... I wake up at 4 in the morning with a very strong pain in the chest. Very, very Okay, Don Miguel, your, your, microphone, your microphone is um, working and then not working, and we want to hear you. Okay, like I will try to speak a little louder, I guess. No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. It just uh-huh. had cut away. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, what I was saying that in the, uh, at that moment that I have this uh, heart attack, uh, I was so excited. You know, it's a, uh, finally, I feel like we'll have this great experience of leaving my physical body, um, and I really want to share that with everyone. Then after I called 911, I called my, uh, my manager to tell everybody that I have a heart attack and that I will give my last lesson. 
and it's how to die, how to how to let go of the physical body. The only problem is that in intensive care, they don't allow anybody to go and see you. <laughs> but but anyway, I know they want to uh, keep you there at any cost. <laughs> exactly. But uh, my middle son, Don Jose, the one with the one I wrote the PIF agreement, he came to see me. And uh, I was so, so happy to see him. I have the beautiful smile on my face. And even that I have all those tools and, and I feel uh, re- very weak. But that smile goes almost right away when I see him with tears and with with his trauma. And right away I stand up the, way, the best way I could and I tell Jose, because this is in the name of my son. Uh, this is the way that you will uh, celebrate the death of your father. I tell him, get out of the room, fix yourself, and when you already come back, because I have something very important to share with you. And of course, he feel, um, you know, the, uh, very shocked for, for, for what I told him. Then he went out really but when he came back, uh, the, the, no, the wise man. Okay, your microphone moved again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, you're back, you're back. Okay. Okay, then he grabbed my hand and he told me, okay, Father, I am with you now. I understand what you tried to tell me because when I was outside, I imagined that it was me the one who, who had the heart attack. And even I go a little further, I feel that I was already dead. And, and you was with all that pain that you no longer want to teach or want to write any longer because you just want to feel so much pity for yourself that that paralyzed you. And he say, I have just a few moments to tell you, Father, I'm okay. Nothing hurts. Now I understand that the whole story of my life was just an illusion. It never was real. And God, I was so, so happy to hear what he was saying. And I told him, that's exactly what I tried to tell you. Because uh, we are immortal. Our body, yes, will die. Sooner or later, for whatever reason, our body will die. But we are nice. We are the force that moves our physical body. And our body is alive because we live in our physical body. And I tell him from that moment on, what I'd like you to do is to see your own body as your temple, as your home, the way that you live, and treat your body with all your respect because it's, you know, it's not you, but you live in your body. You are eternal, but not your body. And when you understand that, you no longer will be afraid of, of death, because we are immortals. And this is true for every single human. Then the whole story of our life is just a story. It is not real, but feels real. 
and the interaction that we have with everybody else also feels so real. And in a certain way, yes, it is real, but it's only real because we all agree with the meaning of every single belief. You know, this is something extraordinary when we understand that, because that really changed everything completely. Then he told me, oh, Father, uh, I'm so thankful for all what you share with me. How can I pay for all your teachings? And I say, well, my son, this is extremely easy. Just help me to change the world. He look at me and say, the whole world? I say, okay, don't be silly. I'm talking about the world that you create in your mind because every single human creates a world and we live in our own world. Then if you can change your world, just like magic, everything starts changing around you. Then if you want to change your own world, you will try not to change everybody around you, but you will change it yourself. If you can change what you believe you are, then everything will change. And the way to do it is by letting go all agreements that create all the drama that you create and replace it with new agreements who make your life simple and easy. And this is how he created fifth agreement, which is be skeptical but learn to listen. Be skeptical really means don't believe me, don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else, but listen what they say. When you can make choices, and you can choose what is good for you and let go whatever is not good for you. And in, in that way, you have complete control of your personal dream and your personal story. That if you want to change the story, only you can change it because you created it. Nobody else can do it for you. When you have that awareness and you change your own story, very soon you will see that that creates so many ripples of wisdom that they can go to everyone around you. And those ripples of wisdom really will help you not to change your world, but that to whoever receives your wisdom in order for them to change their own world. Like you just imagine if world 500, um, okay, your microphone again. It's on the wall. <laughs> it's okay. okay. It's okay. Can, can okay. you hear again? I can hear perfectly now. Thank you so much. Okay. Yes. Then I, I, I told him, just imagine like in 400 years, everybody changed his personal story. Imagine how society will be at that time because that really will be our legacy the legacy that we will share with all the generations to come. We are not doing just for ourselves, but for the entire humanity, because all humanity is only one living being. And once that we have the awareness, we become messengers. And our message could be based in truth, 
or can be based on lies. And that's when he gets in his book asking everybody, what kind of messenger are you? What is the message that you deliver with the people that you say that you love? What is the message that you deliver to your beloved, to your parents, to your brothers, your sisters, your friends, to your children? Because they will learn from you not just what you say, but what you do. And most important of everything is what is the message that you give to yourself? Because we lie to ourselves most of the time. Because every time that we say, I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not beautiful enough, who will love me when I don't deserve love, I don't deserve what I have, you know, we are lying to ourselves. Right. If we just listen what we tell to ourselves and we don't believe ourselves, we will find out that we are much better than what we believe we are. That we are perfect just the way we are. And this is exactly what we are sharing wherever we go. This is what the agreement for life is about. For us to see our own perfection. For us to see how we can change the main character of our story, which is what we believe we are. And to find out that we are not what we believe we are that we are much, much better than what we believe. And that really will change everything, mainly ourselves. When you change yourself, then everything is possible. Everything. You know, Don Miguel, you, this 30-day program, the Agreements for Life, you address the whole issue of suffering, and you talk about... Um, the, what you feel are, is the biggest addiction in life these days. What, what, how, what do you feel, you know, like suffering, so many people are suffering, and what you're talking about just, just in the last few minutes and changing the whole lineage, the whole DNA lineage by, by, you know, working with our thoughts and working with our story and that being handed down generation after generation. What, what, you know, the program talks about the suffering, and what do you feel is, is out of, off kilter? Is it, you know, what you were just talking about, all the thoughts of not feeling good enough or not deserving? Mm -hmm. Yes, we can say that when we were children and we see the adults, we see that everybody in one way or another, they suffer. And we we thought that in order to be adults, to grow up, we need to suffer the same way that they do. You know, I remember being a child and playing with other children. And one of the favorite games that we used to have is pretending to be adults. And as soon as we pretend to be adults, that beautiful smile of a child just disappears and we become so serious because now we are grow up and everything is serious, and we are responsible for everything. I remember uh, playing to be a medical doctor. Let me just play this. Your microphone. I okay, here you're yeah. back. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. That's then okay. As soon as, soon as I uh, uh, 
I still am the medical doctor. My cha- my face changed completely. And I become completely serious. You know, I remember seeing my old older brothers um, being in love and being a, in a relationship. And I see them suffering for even very little things. And I hardly can't wait to grow up and just be like them, to be in a relationship and to feel all those deception, to feel all that all, all that suffering, so romantic, hear the music and cry alone. Uh, you know, we grow up in the middle of people's suffering. I, we see the, our, our parents, our, our mothers, watching soap operas and suffering for even for what happened to other people. Then, of course, if we grow up with all that influence of suffering, very soon we suffer just like everybody else, and that becomes the biggest addiction that we have, the addiction to suffer. And after that addiction, uh, and we, we find out that we no longer like ourselves and we go into other kind of addictions, like alcohol, like like drugs, like overeating, whatever, who help us to to feel that we are not ourselves, that we can escape from ourselves. And it's something that I used to tell a lot of the people who work with me. I used to tell them, if you don't like a person, the solution is so easy. Just walk away. If you don't like a group of people, the solution is very easy. Just walk away. You don't have to be there. The problem is when you don't like yourself because wherever you go, you are there with yourself. Then when we have all those judgments about ourselves, when we feel all that guilt, all the shame, and we suffer because of that, then when we see ourselves, we try to forget that we are with ourselves. And that's the main reason why we start drinking, using drugs, overeating, doing whatever who make us feel that we are not with ourselves. Then if we already know that the biggest addiction is suffering, well, to change that, first we accept ourselves just the way we are without any judgment. Once that we accept, yes, I'm addicted to suffer, then we can stop the suffering. Maybe not right away, but little by little. Then, like, 30 days, we bring things to suffer, like anger. We talk about the jealousy. I got jealous, etc. And we practice that we can make that agreement in for exactly the opposite. In order that we can accept ourselves just the way we are, and in that way we can stop all the all the suffering thing that make us create that bad dream that is reflected in our story. Well, and um, <clears throat> this 30-day this program, you talk about 
the, this practice, how does one practice to actually become a master? And um, and you talk so much about, you know, um, all the different, you know, ways of reaching that mastery. And um, so, so to you, Don Miguel, I mean, I, I love how you said when one person changes, it's a ripple effect. It affects everyone else. So when your son, Don Jose, stepped out of the room, he put himself like, you know, like in your, in, inside of you and felt that and then he mm-hmm. understood. So is part of the mastery just being so present with yourself so and working with yourself each day, but in a way that is positive, shall we say? Yes, we can, we can say that uh, once that you have the awareness that you create your own world, that you create a story in the one you live, but not just you, everybody around you, they did exactly the same thing. They create their own world. They create their own story. When you have that awareness, you see that in your story, everything is really about you. And you populate your story with all those secondary characters. Many of those characters are based in reality, like the people that you know, which means your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your beloved, your children, your friends, people that you know. The ones who live in your mind, in your your story, in your world, they're just a copy of the real ones because your story is based in reality but it's not real because it's true your parents live, your brothers, your sisters are alive, but the ones that exist in your mind, they are not your brothers, they are not your parents, they are not your beloved. It's just an image of them. And vice versa, in their story, you are only a secondary character. They know about you only what they believe about you because they don't know you the same way you don't know them. Then every single human living their own story and no one can change their story. Only they can change the story. Like nobody can change your story, only you can change it. But the problem is that we want to change everybody else's story. We want to control what they create. We want to tell them the way they should be, the way they should speak, the way they should dress, the way they should believe. But we don't like that they come and tell us the way we should dress, the way we should believe, etc., etc. And this is what creates so many conflicts. This is the main problem in human relationship, any kind of relationship, because we want to control and we don't want to be controlled. You know, when uh, a matrimony have a problem and they have a dispute, we say this, this matrimony has domestic problems. Come from domestication. We try to domesticate each other the way we were domesticated when we grew up. And in, our, in that domestication, we always feel that we are right and the other part is wrong. And that creates so many conflicts. And it's because there is no respect. We don't respect everybody else's story. Maybe we don't even respect our own story. 
And all that really begins with ourselves. We cannot give what we don't have. Then if we don't respect our own story, how can we really uh, respect everybody else's story? And this conflict is not just between individuals, it's between societies, it's between countries. That's why there's war, uh, there's all those uh, abuse, there's what the, that's, that's the reason why it's all that crime. Because we try to impose our will in other people's dreams and other people's stories because we don't have respect. And we are not really guilty about that because this is what existed before we was uh, we was we, we was born. Society exists long before our birth. When we was born, society already exists. Then personally, we didn't create all the conflicts that exist in society. We didn't create war. We didn't create injustice. We didn't create any of those problems. But we learn from everybody to be part of that. And later we may feel uh, guilty or ashamed because the way society is when we really didn't create that. Then what the only thing that we can do is to change our own world and in that way we can make a contribution to shifting the way of life in the story of society, but not the opposite. We only can do what we can do, no more than that, and we cannot take responsibility for something that exists long before we was born. But yes, because the way that we love, we can be part of the change of everything, but we don't need to take the responsibility of all of that. I hope that makes sense. It makes total sense, Don Miguel. It's, it's, and it's so fascinating. You know, I've studied a lot of inner child work, and, you know, it's whenever one person in a family system changes, everyone else changes. And so when we look at the world as our, all part of our bigger family, I mean, we're all connected, you know. And when you were talking about, um, you know, when, when you had your heart attack, I was reminded of when I was in Chinatown in San Francisco many, many years ago, and there was this parade. I thought, At least I thought it was a parade. There were bands, and everyone was in white, and they were happy. And I said to someone, I said, what is the parade uh, about? What is it for? And they looked at me and said, this is not a parade. This is a funeral ceremony. And I said, oh. but they're happy, and they're playing a band, <laughs> and, and, and they're in white, you know. I mean, and, and it was just a whole different take, you know, like another way of looking at death and, and understanding that this moment, this, you know, this heaven and hell we talk about, it's this moment, it's what we create and how, how we choose to live it. Yes, it's a real celebration when we release our physical body. But so many people are afraid of it. And, you know, today we have so many people wanting to make contact with their loved ones on the other side. And are they okay? Well, of course they're okay. Of course they are. (laughs) But it is not them. It's us. Because we have that selfishness. It's our own selfishness. What makes us be that way? Because they're complete. 
They don't owe anything to anybody. They're perfect just the way they are. There is no heaven or hell in that uh, after we, we leave our physical body. Heaven of hell is only in our mind and is right now. But after we leave our physical body, we are life. And, and life is, is everything, really. And it's well, eternal. And- and uh, Don Miguel, um, if you would be kind enough to talk about, I know you've taken power journeys to Mexico, and you've done so many spiritual trips in so many different ways. Um, is there a favorite one you would like to talk about? Wow. I know, <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Uh, for me, the, the, the most important one is Teotihuacan, really. And it's something that we will do again by at the end of the year. Then we do a beautiful ceremony by the end of the year, letting go the, all the past and really uh, living the present moment. You know, uh, even that we know that it's just, everything is just symbolic. But with the ritual, we really put the faith in ourselves that we can change it, that we can shift it, and, you know, all those little ceremonies that we do in Teotihuacan is just exquisite. And by the end of the year, it's about letting go the past. It's about forgiving whatever hurt us. And we forgive not because whoever hurt us deserves or not to be forgiven. We forgive because we don't want to suffer every time that we remember whatever anybody did to us, then by forgiving, we release ourselves, and we no longer are hooked in that past. And this is a, mo- a wonderful way to recover our own freedom, to be what we really are, and to really enjoy all the moments to come to live fully at the present time, because the story of our life. It's been created right now. Whatever happened a day before, an hour before, is already past. It's no longer true. But if it really happened, then I see the past just like a point of reference for the decisions that we make right now. When we have awareness, the decisions that we make right now is to enjoy the best we can every single moment of our life when we're still living in this beautiful body that we have. And yes, we can plan for the future, not because we expect for that to happen or not, because planning for the future, we are doing it right now, and it's just another possibility may happen or not. It's like a living our life, like a we will live forever, but living only this moment because we don't know if this is the last day of our life. Then if we know that we are dying tomorrow, we don't need to waste our time feeling sorry for ourselves. We don't need to waste our time just to complain that we will die next day. No. We can enjoy every single moment of our life until the moment we live. It's so funny. I get, you know, because of, 
Yes, because of Spirit Seeker, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with books arriving and CDs arriving and now uh, DVDs and online programs. And I, I receive daily sayings from many sources. And today I turned on the computer and there it was, make every second count. <laughs> and I just exactly. started laughing. I was like, okay, we're going beyond <laughs> making every moment count. And it is. It's like make every second count. <laughs> I thought, exactly. Oh. And so it makes it easy when every second counts. You don't waste your time on, you know, on on things that are just not important anymore. Yes, you know, of course we plan. You know, I mean, I, with Spirit yeah. Seeker and, you know, with your schedule, we both, you know, um, mm-hmm. we both are, are present. But it's like make every second count. And I thought, what a beautiful way to start my day today, you know. And I knew <laughs> I knew I was interviewing you today, so I was very excited. And, you know, Don Miguel, you just have helped so many people. And and, you know, your two sons, you know, are just, they're the embodiment of you in a different way. I mean, they're both very different, you know, but, but you know, that's part of the magic, isn't it? <laughs> oh, this is so wonderful when you see whoever learned from, learn from you to go and really start expressing what they really are. You know, they have so much gratitude that wherever they go, they're sharing it. And they share it in their own personal way. You know, uh, they don't have the problem that uh, of being my children, that people know me. No, they are themselves, and they enjoy being themselves. They don't have this uh, shadow of uh, of the father or the grandmother or the grandfather uh, who who uh, who did something that they feel that they have to go over. That no, whatever they do is great, and they know that. They they find out that there's nothing to compete with anybody. You know, they live in their own story, and they enjoy their story by being themselves. And I love when they do that, which is most of the time. The perfect expression, all the generations. And listeners, um, in this issue of Spirit Seeker on page six, you, there's a complete description of the Agreements for Life, a 30-day online program. But I just want to um, just read one part of it. It says that in this program, a variety of themes are addressed in the, uh, the Agreements for Life, including faith, judgment, fear, addiction, suffering, forgiveness, joy, abundance, desire, guilt, relationships, unity, and much more. And um, you can find information uh, about all of this, uh, about the different course at miguelruiz.com, and that's M-I-G-U-E-L-R-U-I-Z.com. And um, and it's a 30-day program. It, the, the course is broken into five weeks, and each week is designed for you to experience six lessons, one lesson per day, and one full day to rest and reflect. Um, and this is a beautiful way to experience freedom in you in a whole new way, um, making new agreements with life. And Don Miguel, I mean, this is fabulous that you're creating this because, you know, so many people are so busy now and, you know, they want practical spiritual applications that they can do in their – this is another ritual doing this program, you know, that you've created for us. And this is a ritual that really will empower you. And I, I just love to see that everyone has the right to enjoy life. They have the right to be happy. But only you can give your own happiness. 
it's all up to us. Change your story, you know. <laughs> just change it. And you know, and I know you 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 went through the heart attack. You went through a uh, wait for a heart transplant. I mean, you've been you've been through so much, and through it all, you've done it with grace and you know, giving gratitude. And I, you know, you're such a teacher for so many for you know your wisdom. So thank yes, you. Yes, and I enjoy every moment. <laughs> well, and Jill Mangino adores you. You know that. <laughs> she, oh, I love her so much. Oh, she just, you know, you, she says, he's changed my life in so many ways. And, you know, and I just adore Jill. I mean, she just does oh, so much for wonderful. all of us, too. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so final words of wisdom for all of us. Um, but remember, listeners, uh, www.miguelruiz.com. Okay, so, so dear Don Miguel Ruiz, our final words for this evening from, from you. Well, just remember that you are perfect just the way you are. You don't need to look for perfection because wherever you turn your eyes, you will see it. Just see in a mirror and you will see it in yourself. All my love to all of you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Our love to you. And thank you so much for, for just being who you are and for, um, for just smiling and making the world a happier place all the way around. So from my heart to your heart, thank you so much. And good night, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Don Miguel. Oh, thank you. Okay. Good night.